Jonah's prayer. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O oh Lord, my God, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Lord, we thank you for Linda and for all of her um, love for you. And we just ask that you will um, bless the words that come from her now and that they would speak into our hearts and make us changed people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So we are in a series um, looking at how the people of God relate to the world. And this morning we're specifically thinking about what we really believe about prayer. I'm delighted that we are taking time with this book of Jonah, as I know there are rich lessons in this story for us today of God's amazing grace and how we can pray in all seasons of life. I have quite a lot of sympathy for Jonah as I know what it's like to run away from God's call. I can really identify with that. <laughs> However, I can't identify with the great task that Jonah was called to. As Steve was explaining last week, the Ninevites were terrifyingly violent people. I would not have wanted to take any message to them about anything, but for Jonah, the terror was even more acute as really it would have been like a Jewish person being sent to take a message to the Nazi regime, a horror that is too great to imagine. So we're learning from the story of Jonah's time in the belly of the fish in the depths of the ocean. If you forget what we are, you just need to, where we are, you just need to listen to the wind around us that will remind us of the story that we're looking at today. <laughs> Um, it's interesting that the words used um, by Jonah in this image are the words of a prayer. And I find it fascinating that in one translation, this chapter is titled, A Prayer of Thanksgiving. 
A prayer of thanks is not the prayer that you would expect from a person who's running in terror and ending up in a very dark place. This prayer of thanksgiving is certainly not a happy one, but it is a very honest one as Jonah is journeying through his difficult feelings to a place of complete acknowledgement of God as Savior. We can learn much from Jonah on who God is and how we might respond in difficult times. So as we look at Jonah's prayer, we're going to reflect on three questions. What are we running from? What are we learning? And what is our prayer? So let's start with the first one. What are you running from? Jonah was running from obeying God's call. But in his disobedience, God showed him such amazing mercy and grace. Some of us might have a belief about prayer saying, I can't pray when I have messed up. But we see with Jonah that this is just not true. Even though Jonah was in a mess, God totally accepted him. We might have expected God to punish Jonah for running, but at the end of chapter one, as we've just heard, God actually provided a huge fish. And this fish was a rescue plan. Jonah was there for three days and nights, and this very dark place became a place of prayer. As I was praying for you in relation to this passage, I really felt that some people here have been craving a place to hide. That for some of you who are facing a huge amount in life, the thought of being able to hide in a dark place for three days and nights sounds quite appealing. The good news for you today is that you don't need a fish to make this happen. God provided a rescue for Jonah and God has provided a rescue for you. In Psalm 32, when the psalmist was weary and his energy had been sapped, he said to God, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. So if you are in that place of weariness or wanting to run away from all that you are facing, please know that God is your hiding place today and in the days ahead. Come to him, rest in him. Like Jonah, take time to pray and be with God. He will protect you, provide for you, and surround you in his love. And it might be that you'd like others to pray with you as you reach for that hiding place. In chapter 2, verse 2, we find Jonah in this dark place, running from what God asked him to do. And he's crying out to God. He's remembering a time that he had called to the Lord and God had answered him. In the depths of despair, Jonah called for help and God listened to his cry. I certainly know what it means for God to listen to me in distress. I mentioned that I had tried to run from what God had asked me to do. For a very long time, I have felt called to be a priest, but I had always said, I will never ever marry a vicar, and I will never be a vicar. 
So you can see how that's turned out for me. <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, I'm married to John, one of the curates here, and I'm training to be a vicar. <laughs> um, anyway, this, this disobedience actually led to a lot of turmoil in my inner world. I was saying in one breath that I worshipped God and I wanted to surrender to his will. But in reality, I was holding back saying, I am not doing that. This disobedience caused me a lot of distress as I was not truly giving my life to my Savior. Before I could really truly say, have your way, Lord, this journey of surrender took me to a very dark place and then through a process of rebirth. Like Jonah, I reached a point where I could no longer run from God or myself. I wonder today, is there anything that you need to lay down to truly surrender to God, to make room for a rebirth in your life? Jonah needed to lay down all his attempts to be self-sufficient, and I had to lay down my attempts to be self-sufficient. But what does this look like? How can we be stripped of our self-sufficiency? Well, I'm sure you know that there is a vast array of self-help advice. And if you actually go into a bookshop, you'll see that there are no shortage of books to read on self-help. But with Jonah, we see for him that prayer was totally crucial in this process of moving away from self-sufficiency. Because in prayer, we learn to know much more about who God is and notice the things that we need to lay down. In John chapter 12, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. For a rebirth to happen, we need to be real with ourselves and real with God about our weakness and our failures. To be real about our ego and the way that it leads us down paths that aren't healthy for us or those around us. As we notice these things, rather than push them away, they can be brought into the light. And we don't need to condemn ourselves but we can ask the Spirit to help us notice these things and pray for God to transform us to become more like him. When I laid down my self-sufficiency and came before God saying I was so sorry for my disobedience, I really experienced a dark night of the soul. I had a choice that I could be changed by it or I could be ruined by it. I'm so thankful that through much prayer, I did choose to obey God and be changed by him. But that certainly doesn't mean that it was easy. And it's taken me on a path of continual surrender, not just a one-off. Like Jonah, I would say that I have seen how excruciating events can later yield much more good than we can foresee. However, when we do surrender... Like Jonah, there can be space for a new thought to be formed. Thoughts of God's goodness and how much we can trust him. 
Being in a place of darkness and chaos can be very lonely. But when we turn to God in prayer, we realize that this darkness is not a telling off from God, but it's an opportunity for rebirth. As we've heard, Jonah is in the fish for three days, and many have matched this period of time to the time between Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus went through extreme darkness before the resurrection. This process of rebirth included Easter Saturday, where there was a pause. Sometimes we really just want to jump to the joyful resurrection. But birth involves pain, and God is present in that pain. God is present in the darkness, and he will never, ever leave us in the chaos. Like Jonah, despite how we might feel, we know that God will never leave us or forsake us. When we struggle to obey and trust, we can turn to God, and his response will always be grace. So what are you running from? When we recognize what we are running from, we begin to know the freedom that Christ brings. This process of prayer is one of healing and transformation of our minds. This is the total opposite of self-help. When we acknowledge our sin and admit that we are powerless, then an inner healing can begin. We come to God in prayer, recognizing that we can't heal ourselves, but we can trust in his mercy and grace. So we'll move to our second question, what are you learning? This prayer of Jonah has been described as a canticle from the depths. The depths was a place of deep learning for Jonah. Jonah could have spent the time begging to get out of there, but instead he chose to spend the time in prayer. When we are in tough places, we can spend the time desperate to get out of there, or we could pray asking God, what are you teaching us in this place? We can seek God for what we can learn in the depths and how we can grow in our faith in him. In verse 4 in the New Living Translation, it says, to Jonah saying to God, you have driven me from your presence. But we've seen that, that God actually showed grace to Jonah. Sometimes we might feel that God has driven us from his presence. But actually, it might be us who have tried to turn our backs on God. But the truth is that there is nowhere that we can go to escape God's presence. Jonah's prayer demonstrates a prayer of worship, one of gratitude, and one of obedience. We might think that we can't possibly worship God when we're in the depths of despair, but Jonah's whole prayer begins with worship, acknowledging a time that God listened and answered. If we begin with worship to God, our response in those dark depths, depths can be very different. This week, as a family, we have been in very dark depths. We've lost a dear family friend in sudden and very tragic circumstances. 
I have had times this week of deep, deep sadness and real despair. Amazingly, in this week, I have been able to find comfort in times of worship at college and with others here at St. Nick's. It's really amazing that in worship, despite how I've been feeling, I truly have been able to be lost in wonder as we've begun to, sung, begun to sing truths about God's goodness, about God being faithful. In worship, I have physically seen my whole posture change. My heart has changed as I realize I can rest in the truth of who God is rather than being swallowed up by the depths. If we look a little bit further on in the chapter, in verse 8, let's just read this. It says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. There is a real challenge in the depths of turning to idols or turning to God's love. Idols might be things that we use to numb our pain in the dark places. It could be self-medicating or other ways of dulling pain. It's really important to be real with ourselves and God and with others about what some of these coping strategies might be in the dark places. In God's presence, we can begin to relax our defenses and lay down our coping strategies, turning to God instead. Like Jonah discovered, there will always be a day when our coping strategies will stop working. However, there will never be a day that God will turn us away from his love. So what can you learn when you're in the depths? Like Jonah, in the depths, we can learn to fix our eyes on God, to worship him regardless of the circumstances that we are in. Jonah remembered God. He remembered God's rescue and chose to worship. In the depths that we face, we can remember God. Through Jesus, we can remember how God chose to rescue us and we can choose to worship. As we worship, we become less preoccupied with ourselves, and we learn much more of God's immense love for us. And in the context of that love, it's possible for us to lay down unhealthy coping strategies and turn to God's love and become lost in wonder in the love and the sacrifice that he made for us. And our final question, what is your prayer? Another thing that we might think about prayer is, it's not authentic to pray when I feel far away from God. But again, looking at Jonah's prayer, we see this isn't true. Eugene Peterson is an author, and he explains that none of the words in Jonah's prayer were actually his original words. Every single word in this chapter of a prayer of thanksgiving were drawn from the words of the Psalms. This is really reassuring when we don't know what our prayer might be, as the Psalms can give us the words to pray. 
I've grown up in the Anglican Church, so I have a deep love for the liturgy that we've used this morning. These prayers have been prayed for years and years across the world. They are so theologically rich, and they provide a really helpful framework for our prayers. I don't know if some of you have it, but on your phone, there's a very good daily prayer app that is free, and it's a great way of continuing joining in in this liturgy wherever we are in the week. There's also a new app that has come out called Lectio 365, um, which is designed by Pete Gregg. Some of you were with us in the summer when we used Pete Gregg's book on prayer. And this app, again, provides a really helpful daily way of praying and meditating on the scriptures. Psalms can be really crucial in training us in prayer. Before Jonah, we were in a sermon series on spirituality. Spirituality touches every area of our human experience, and prayer is a way of acknowledging God in each of those areas, public and social, painful and joyful, moral and relational. As Rowan Williams says, our journey to wholeness is acceptance of this complicated and muddled bundle of experiences as a possible theater for God's creative work. Prayer is not a discipline we choose, but the core of who we are. Our relationship with our creator is our anchor, where we always start and where we always return to. We are not a consumer in prayer, but a creature open to God's ongoing creative work. In verses 4 and in verses 7, Jonah refers to the holy temple. His whole prayer in this chapter is tethered to this place of worship, the holy temple. He couldn't be there physically, but was orientated to it in common worship. This is why common worship is central to our life with God. We join together here on Sundays, but we pray daily when we're scattered across the city in our daily lives. Paul urged the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. This prayer is so important to train us, to give us new life, and to continually anchor us to God, allowing that creative work to be ongoing in our lives. When we are in the belly, so to speak, when we are in dark and desperate places, what is our prayer? How can we learn to thank God and obey him in times of resistance? Jonah lived in a time of real resistance in the world around him, but also in the inner turmoil and despair, feeling the chaos in the world around him and the chaos within. But this is where we can learn from Jonah's prayer, which took many different forms. As we journey through prayer, it's a process that we can mirror the different stages that Jonah prayed. However we pray, we're invited to be honest with God 
and tell God how we truly feel. We don't need to pretend or, or suffer on our own. It's so important that we pray with others. Sometimes when we can't find the words to pray ourselves, we can just let the prayers of others wash over us and they can help us to find the words. In verse 1, we see how Jonah referred to a prayer of lament. It, he looks back to a time that he really lamented and God answered. Lament is a really important part of our prayer life, probably we one that we don't do so much, but it's crucial to being truly who we are. If you don't know how to lament, there's plenty of good prayers of lament in the Psalms. We all carry deep aches and grief, and it's okay to be honest with God about this. Even the Archbishop, Justin Welby, says that prayer is not meant to be polite. Prayer can take the form of a protest. What is your protest? What situations do you want to call out to God to see a change? Where do you want to see justice? As you bring your protest and lament to God, may you know that Jesus embraces and absorbs all your sorrow and suffering. We can cry with him. Sometimes all we have are our tears. God is with us in them. As was referred to earlier, God, Jonah acknowledged God as Savior in verse 9. This is crucial that we acknowledge God as Savior. And if you have never acknowledged God as your Savior, please do talk to us about that today. In Jonah's prayer, we can see the contrast between his fear of being distanced from God, but his resolve to remain near God's presence. It took a long time in Jonah's prayer to reach this point where he could acknowledge God as Savior. He acknowledged that salvation was from the Lord. Jonah journeyed through expressing all his feelings before he got to this point. God is so gracious welcoming us as we are. Like Jonah, we don't have to pretend with God. We are invited to recognize that it is God who saves us, not us. We cannot save ourselves, but we can trust God's goodness, his grace, his mercy to deliver us. In the very darkest places, we can look to God and acknowledge him as Lord. So we have much to learn from Jonah's prayer. What are you running from? What are you learning? What is your prayer? Jonah's humiliation preceded a revolution. And this revolution was possible because in Jonah's humiliation, he prayed. And through prayer, Jonah became the person that God called him to be. Through prayer, you can learn more of who God calls you to be and trust in the Holy Spirit's transformation in you.